I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> There's he was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing about <laughs> All right, so the Munster Championship didn't get a great start um, in the world yesterday, as it wasn't the best game we've ever seen. It's fair to say it was a four-point hammering. 22 wides for Clare. Um, Connell, like, I mean, not the spectacle that we expect from the Munster Championship. No crowd, no drama, no, you know, yeah. quality, really. Yeah, it was disappointing, I suppose. It really didn't get going, I suppose, until the last 10, 15 minutes when Waterford really went back to what they were, are good at. Um, and running at them um, up to that it was all Clare they were, like it, was, it was a joy to see Clare uh, produce performance that we haven't seen all season um, yeah. we, we were judging them off I suppose an up and down league form and they totally just uh, put that away and, and came out with a real championship performance and, and totally overpowered Waterford um, They were good against Kilkenny in their last league game Yeah they so were they, they were yeah. and they were decent enough against Dublin I, I suppose as well but um, Okay, it was great to see that that intensity back, and I, I suppose we all wondered was it going to come back, and did the crowds really affect it? Yeah, the crowd added a huge amount to that game yesterday. Um, but look, a four point hammer, and I suppose is what is what you said, and and they were lucky, lucky to uh, in the end, nearly lucky to get to get a to get to get away with it like that. But um, they were much the better team. Yeah, much the better team. Much the better team. Even Liam Cal admitted Damien that it could have been an awful lot more. To be honest. It wasn't. We mentioned the 22 wides. Like, how were Waterford even in with a chance at this at the end of the game? Like, it actually came down to a three-point game and then Clare got a very dubious uh, sideline ball which Tony Kelly got a, an unbelievable flicked point off to put four in it and then Clare could breathe again. But how on earth were they ever even going to be worried, <coughs> you know, for the majority of that game? Yeah, well, as you said, they wore the wides, um, Clare. I, 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 as I keep saying, I think Brian Lowen and Sean Tracy have done a great job with this um, Clare team. You know, as I keep saying, they're not going to win in All-Ireland, but I think they're in a chance to get themselves into a, a Munster final. It was a big team down here in Clare, and Lohan alluded to it there, that it's the first time they've won a championship match down here in Clare in years. 
uh, first round, which was a big thing, and, and that was something that was really being sewn into. But they were so ahead, Colm, that they basically just tuned out. They lost concentration. They let uh, Watford come back into it. Uh, so, and that's basically something that Clare are going to have to work on uh, for the Tipperary game. But I was really impressed with uh, Clare. I was impressed with their commitments. I was in, uh, impressed with their, their hurling, the, how much they were up for it. I seen lads jumping up into the air when they were making tattles. Like, this is something that was being said inside in the uh, the Clare dressing room. And um, uh, Clare looked impressive yesterday. Watford were extremely poor. Really, really bad now, just being straight up with you. But um, I, I was delighted for Clare, just being down here in Clare. Delighted that they got the win and, and they're looking forward to playing Tip already, so they are. And that should be another good game. And you wouldn't write off uh, Clare in that game either. No, you, pro- you probably wouldn't. Like, I mean, in a way, you'd kind of be glad there wasn't three points in it in the end, Connell, because the penalty was contentious. Now, it caused a lot of confusion on RT. I don't really want to criticise them too much because it's a confusing one, yeah. right? So the official rule says that it's a penalty if a player with a goal-scoring opportunity inside the 20-metre line or the arc, etc., is pulled down, tripped, or struck with a hurley in a careless manner. Now, the referee clearly gave that penalty because Shanahan was struck with a hurley in a careless manner, right? Now, my kind of understanding of this, like, pull down, right, means you're pulled down and the goal chance is gone. You know, it's a cynical pull down, a trip. What's this trip is the same. These are the three. Pull down trip, you're down. The goal chance is gone. They hit with a hurling, struck with a hurley in a careless manner. You'd imagine that's on the same level as the other two and you're taken out of it with a hurl pretty much that the goal scoring chance is completely gone. Now this was a weird one in that he was struck with the hurl in an aggressive manner but it didn't put him off. He picked the ball back up, continued on and missed. I just can't get my head around what I think the referee got that wrong. I don't think that was one of those cynical fouls where the foul ends the goal chance. Yeah, yeah. Well, like as you said, if, if he if he happened to get that goal, it would have been allowed and, 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 yeah. and everything would have been fine. But I suppose, to clear all up, you'd love to hear the referee's opinion on it. To see, He obviously thought it was a goal-scoring opportunity and the strike came in, so he, he was given it for that. And then he didn't get the goal, so he said, OK, well, I'll give them a penalty now because of that. But was it a real goal opportunity? Very hard to, to know was it uh, definitive because... There was a defender in behind anyway, so Shannon had to beat another defender to, and the goalie. So was that a goal? In my opinion, a goal scoring opportunity is where you're nearly in behind and you're ready to strike at the goalkeeper and there's no other defender. And if you're taken down at that point, then it's definitely a penalty. But with a defender in behind, I'm not sure. And did he blow it then for, for when Shannon got into the square and was kind of tackled and fell yeah, over? I think we'll rule, that, we'll rule that out because yeah. he came down with, a, with the gesture of the kind of a chop or whatever he did from behind him. So, I, Damien, it's hard to keep your, get your head around it really because there was a lot of confusion around it. I, I'm more on the line that it shouldn't have been but if you want to make the case that it should have been I might have to yeah you know you might have to accept yeah, that I remember I, I, I remember you said yourself Willie and JJ Delaney had this conversation about a year ago and uh, I remember JJ was completely against it but I'm not against it I, I'm all for it I, I see this cynical following happening the whole time and like I watched a piece of play so I did just uh, watched it all on TV so I did and uh, like fives pulled across Shanahar twice that's my own opinion so uh, the way I let it go, if he let it run and he scored the goal, that was good play by the referee because that would have been given advantage. But whether lads like or not, he pulled across him twice. He he did strike it wide. Okay, maybe if Shannon had another day, just an off day for him for shooting, right? And he's a good lad, right? But uh, I I'm gonna just put my head in the block and say I I thought it was a penalty. 
see, the, the, the thing about this advantage rule is that you're like you're getting two chances at it. So he was given the advantage and he missed. So if it was a goal, it would have stood. But if it missed, he comes back now and fives goes to the sin bin and it's a penalty. It's like you get, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like you're getting two chances at it, Connell. Yeah, yeah. But like, what do you want him to do? do, do take us, he gets struck. Do you want him to stop then and, and to say, well, I'm not taking any advantage? And well, that would have cleared it up. <laughs> 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 that would have made it more understandable. Yeah, look, it, it is difficult, and I, and I suppose this, everyone has their opinion on it. It's very difficult. For, we can't even make a decision here. So, like, to be fair to the ref, it would be very clear if he just came out and said, "Look, I gave it for the first strike. He was in behind. I thought it was a goal opportunity, and and maybe that's uh, that seems to be the, the, the sensible thing on it." But um, I think it'd be easier to clear the whole thing up as a ruling, probably better than than all of us having an opinion on it now at this stage. Yeah, yeah. If they if they were to bring the rule and say pull down, tripped, or struck with a hurley in a careless manner, which prevents a goal scoring yeah. opportunity, then you would say, okay, I understand all that. What about the penalty, though, Damien? It was some finish. But, but Colm, the, the truth of it was, Fives didn't have to pull across him. If you if you went back and analysed that, and Waterford will do a huge amount of analysis on this, Shanahan turned. Fives should have come in from behind. And he should have been working off the hook because he had a man there to help him. You know, they, I think it was the full back for Waters. Like this. There was actually no need for the first pull. And then when he went to go around the full back, it was the second pull. So that, that's it. But that, as of the penalty by Tony Kelly, top notch. Top notch. Cause... Low to the bottom left. Low to the bottom left. That, that ball wouldn't have been saved. It didn't matter who you are. If, it, the only way you could save it is if you actually went for a dive into the corner. It was low. It was precision. He knew exactly where he was striking that ball. He puts the bomb to the his own bomb left, the goalie's bomb right. But also, Colin, the big thing on that, right? Watch the way the goalie held his boss of his goalie hurl. So if you were watching it, his boss of his goalie hurl is to your left shoulder. So for him to save that ball, he had to get his, his goalie hurl around to the other side. So he did, to, which is literally impossible. Kelly, Kelly knew what he was at. He had that, he had that practice. Right, and here's a question for you then. Does it just uh, out of interest? Does does Owen Murphy Kilkenny goalie hold it on the other side? Because Tony Kelly went to the top no. right against against Kilkenny. No, Owen, Ke- Owen Murphy holds it the same side. Where just for ex- for example, uh, Billy our um, uh, Cooligan, the Clare goalie, is left-handed. He he holds it the opposite direction. Right. Okay. So, so yeah. So it's just look. They're different free takers, but I just think. He, he had it in his mind that if he won a penalty, that he was putting it to the bottom left. It was just very interesting. The goalie held the, whole, the hurl and the boss was at the opposite side of where he put the ball in the net. And, and as I said, that was, that was practice. It was a, I think Clare got an awful lot of things right yesterday. I thought they got their line-ups right. I thought they had a game plan. They stuck to it. Um, they, they ran with ball. They stuck ball long. They... I know they had a lot of wide, but it's something they can um, they can work on. The Conlon centre back back sweeping uh, a lot of pressure deserves to go to the clear management. I thought I thought they, I thought they hit it right on the nail. They were right ready for championship. Yeah, no, they definitely were. We'll we'll talk a little bit about how they got it so right in part two. You, Damien mentioned uh, it was Dermot Ryan at the start. He won a free and he he shouted into mm. the Waterford players' face. You're just like Jesus. That's very aggressive. And I was thinking he should be wearing a mask because of the <laughs> <laughs> because of the COVID. But even even in the second half, uh, Hayes, who was brilliant in the corner on Hutchinson, he was goading a Waterford player. Now you don't often see that in in Hurling. 
Gleeson and uh, uh, Austin Gleeson missed a point and Shanahan came over and goaded him yeah. and then Gleeson went after him and just gave him a bit of a dunt and Shanahan dived down onto the ground and yeah. I'm like Jesus yeah. hurling people won't like this stuff uh, look I think that happens all the time in, in, in Championship but I think it's good to, to see it um, yeah, and Clare were just really really up for the game and any bit of an advantage they were getting they were making making sure the Waterford lads knew about it um, and that happens a lot but it, it, I just, we haven't seen it in the league and, and it really so far and um, it, it, the performance that Clare put in I think it, it really set the tone uh, earlier on and, and it really represented nearly Brian Lowe and they really were playing for him yesterday because if they didn't win yesterday I suppose there would have been a lot of talk again and all this rubbish talk down in Clare all the time um, That that's that's nothing to do with the players, and I suppose as a player, you're there. Like all this stuff is just noise. It's not. It's irrelevant to us. We're going to go out now and pr- produce performance that justifies us being here and the management being here, and everything we're doing is, is right. And I suppose that's exactly what they did. And and when you get the little wins during the game, whether it's winning possession, winning a free or, or a tackle, whatever it is, you'll certainly let the other team know. And that's what they were doing. Yeah. No. One other one before we move on, Damien, that I wasn't sure about. Austin Gleeson got a yellow card in the second half. And for me now, as just a casual observer, he didn't look to do much much wrong. Are you not entitled? To, are you not entitled to pull? Yeah, that no, on the ball? no. I I was the exact same as you, um, uh, Colm. I I think he gave him the yellow card for kind of like a wild, a wild pull. Right. But when you see it on TV in action replay, uh, he connected with ball in hand. To be fair, so if I was to be honest, I would say that was a wrong call on that one. Um because he connected with ball in hand, but I think he was given it for what he thought was a wild swing. Uh, but just on another thing, Colm, uh, on yesterday, do you know what I loved yesterday, right? And this is something that some people wouldn't see if it was inside in the dressing room, but I absolutely loved the way Brian Lohan was eating the lads at half time or the water break. He was absolutely giving them welly. And it was, it was lovely to see, it was lovely to see and as he said, he, 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 the players were representing him and they could see what he was all about and his passion. He wanted them to be, but it was just so funny to see him absolutely eating the heads of them and trying to get another ounce or two out of in motivation. And it was something I really enjoyed to see because some lads would be going on with whiteboards or it was the old style <laughs> there, you know, and Lohan's passion and trying to get it out of the boys. But I really enjoyed it. I, I just thought him eating them was so funny and trying to get more out of them so I enjoyed it fair play to Brian Lowen there he's like the opposite of Canark from Limerick who would be on with the whiteboard yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Kylie who probably wouldn't be would be very soft mannered he'd be Lowen's obviously well, whatever about being old school and like let's call a spade a spade here players had plenty of opportunities to down tools they lost tantrum they, they had a sucker punch against you know their pretty big rivals with the whole Davy thing which mm-hmm. was in around the time of a lot of controversy off the pitch they never lost faith in 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 Brian Lowen, and they came back strongly towards the end of the league. And then we're wondering, is it just the league or not? And now they're after following up with an absolutely fantastic. Yeah, win. I think I think it just shows the respect that the players probably have for 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 Lowen and and his management team, and and the belief that they have and what they've been doing behind the scenes is right, and yeah. it'll come good, and and it did uh, on on the weekend. And um, look, it was great to see, as Damien says, uh, Lowen absolutely going mad because you don't really see any of that when yeah. they go into the dressing room. Um, but uh, like, yes, there's a place for the, the whiteboards and tactics. But I think there's also a place for a little bit of the old school kind of thing. Sometimes it's nothing to do with tactics. It's you have to just tell lads how it actually is, and I th- and that's what Ernie Bryan was doing at that at that point. And a lot of players, you, you might need that nearly injection for the last maybe second half or just just to realise that this how important this is and how simple to keep the game. And I pu- I presume he was giving out about the wides and people taking shots from angles that they should have been taken. 
Um, and look, you can do all the talking on the whiteboard, but really, it's you just need to be told face to face from from some from someone like Brian. And if he does that, well, then we better make sure we we, we take action in the second half. Yeah. I suppose now that it's brought, it's into quarters now, Damien. That that second water break is a good opportunity. You know, like a, a, a manager will often give you the kind of rousing speech at half time, but like you've actually an opportunity now to give a rousing speech for the last fifteen mm. minutes when it's really needed. Sure, it's, meant, it's only meant to be, I think, 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. It lasts longer than 60 seconds, you know. But look, what, what to say, uh, the water break, it's, it's a disaster if you have the momentum going with you. And if you're not going well, it's a lifeline, you know, as in it's a break to re- regroup your players. But um, as the, I, I personally hate the water break, but um, who, who, who am I to say? But uh, I, I, don't, I don't like it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, as you said, four quarters. Like this, so I reckon county teams are kind of nearly training like that as well. That they're training hard for seventeen minutes, and then they take a break for a minute, and maybe train again for for seventeen minutes. But um, yeah, it's an opportunity for the lads to re- regroup, give a few messages, give a couple of instructions, and off out to go again. You know, it's it's more than just water, and as they're getting <laughs> definitely here, it's not, it wasn't a good day on Saturday for you know the leash and antrums, the kind the teams that have come up from the Joe McDonough. And they're trying to, you know, get a foothold in with these big teams. Like, I mean, Jesus, Leash conceded 5.31 to lose by 20. Antrim conceded 3.31 to lose by 18. And this was against the Dublin and Wexford team that we were saying, you know, aren't going that well and potential banana skins. Wexford hit 5.31 and only three from freeze. Like, I mean, Jesus, from a leash point of view, that was terrible. Cheddar said afterwards, their movement off the ball, their numbers moving off the ball. We look to try and uh, tie them down earlier today. There were times when we we were successful, but ultimately not really. Their ability to find each other. A player could turn up anywhere. And I suppose that kind of explains the high scoring that everyone's given out about. Just your ability, the good, the better teams, to find someone free and have the execution to be able to, you know, go to hand. Yeah, look, I, I suppose we, we did give them... Um, well, I certainly gave Leash a bit of a chance on the basis of the league. I kind of did you know, too. And I thought they were going to put in a, 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 a big performance, but they were totally just brushed aside by, by Wexford um, but as, as you said what, how do you get to that uh, that next level you know how are the, the Tipperays and the Kennys and the Galways and everyone so good because they can do the basics at high speed and that's probably what Leeds were, were struggling at yeah they, and they tried to they tried to sit back for a while and, and ho- hopefully yeah. that, that would sure things up but Wexford just learned after a few minutes just we'll stay out and pop the balls over the bar and I'm then sure. eventually Leeds went out and then they got then they got their goals What did we say last uh, Thursday Wexford had 63% long yeah, shots yeah. you know so maybe dropping off wasn't the, the right thing to do when they're comfortable but I would this hindsight stuff like if I was to see that in real time I go yeah at least you're trying to keep it tight you know what I mean Connell you often look afterwards and go that was a stupid thing whereas if you were a co-commentator on that game you might not have said yeah, it no, at the time I think they they, sh- they yes the leash are, are, are going to drop a man back just to protect the, protect their, their, their D and stop the goals going in but in the other side when the forwards have to be working hard like they have to be able to put the press on so they, yes they're down a man obviously but they need to be able to uh, work hard they weren't doing that like they, they were just very passive and just standing around it, it looked like a bit of a challenge or a friendly game for, for Leash when yeah. it was all or nothing for them really and 
coming into the next game it's going to be tough now against Antrim either team to, to raise a gallop now again well that's the thing Cheddar said as well afterwards Damien we didn't go to play a sweeper Wexford forced us to play the sweeper unless you want to play two full backs on two full forwards with six forwards running on top of you I wouldn't suggest any team would do that they forced us to play that but we wanted to play a different way uh, like, you know, like from a leash point of view you're playing Wexford you know they're going to bring back Foley and they know you're going to be left with an extra defender you know, so I was a little bit confused having Cheddar saying we wanted to play a different way. You're, you're just not going to be able. You have to, you have to deal with the fact you'll have an extra defender. And what are you going to do with him, I suppose, is the, is the question. Colm, I, I watched the, the Sunday game highlights uh, last night. And the very first book out that Wetford took, I think, was after about 47 seconds. And I actually couldn't believe what I've seen. I think there was only two leash forwards in their half for the book out. They were never going to win the game. It was, they, they literally had 12 players uh, in their own half, we'll say, and they were playing with two or three forwards up the front. I watched the ball being hit into the leash, full forward line, and the leash full forward, car forward getting the ball, and he turned and he had no one to pass to. The, the, the leash didn't have the numbers up the field. So, yeah, as you said, everyone knows that Wexford play a one man back, a sweeper. Right, so maybe that was an opportunity for Leash to play, but they played. They actually had twelve to thirteen men behind the ball from halfway. They were never going to win the game. If watch the first puck out that uh, Wexford took after forty-seven seconds, I think it was. I just they had actually hardly any players in the Wexford half. They were never going to win the game. It was quite obvious what the result was going to be. It was nearly like um, Leash were hoping that they wouldn't get hammered, and that's why they were putting players back. That's the same game plan Cheddar played against. Galway back in 2012 or 2013 when I was there same same game plan but they don't have the same players I, I, I couldn't believe the, the tactic that they played I, 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 Wexford were never going to lose that game well, you see, I suppose the thing, the difference between 2013 is Galway probably would have hit a lot of long ball that day, Damien. Whereas Wexford, they don't, teams, dropping players back, I don't think works like it's used to because teams don't put it down on top of the extra players. Yeah, uh, the game that we played, we played uh, Leash that year in Port Leash, and Leash goalie was poking us straight down, so he was to the full forward in Leash, and they were getting in. There was there was none of that uh, the, the other day, so it wasn't. And uh, as I said, I just I just couldn't get over Leash's game plan. I I was like, okay, put one man back, but cheese to it as an extra defender to help out the lads. But they, for opposition pokeouts, you had two you had two forwards and you had thirty men behind the ball. When they got the ball up the field, they didn't know what to do with it. But even when, even with all the men back, it's the same old story. None of them are working hard. They were all just filling the space. They weren't actually attacking any any of the any of the Wexford men at all. And Wexford were able to pop the ball through all these uh, leash leash lads that were back there. So it was it was strange. It was very strange. not. I'm not sure if it was intentional. I think they just kind of nearly gravitated back to try and help out. But I'd be surprised if that was a tactic from Taylor to bring back everybody. The, the biggest insult, Colm. The biggest insult column to any squad or any team is, and as I said when I was watching on TV, Lee Chin scored a goal yesterday, right? And it turned out, and you could see three or four Wexford players running out the field laughing. Yeah, no, I saw that. Laughing and smiling. Yeah. And it was nearly like saying, jeez, how could it be this easy? Yeah. They, no. they, they actually watched them. They came out the field laughing. And as, as I said, you know, you'd be smiling scoring a goal, you'd be delighted. But actually, they were, you know, I, I'd say they could not get over how easy how easy they got it. 
in Lee's chin's defence he wasn't sneering laughing I'd say he was just like they, they, but they were laughing I remember taking a mental note of that going that, it nearly hurt you to see, to see yeah. that like yeah. it was at that stage where they're just going in goals and they're winning by 20 points and they're like they laughed amongst each other like you might in training I just I, I don't know like I mean this is a huge game for Leash because this has been a terrible year for Leash and I accept all the all the you know genuine excuses of having no time with a new team and stuff like that but Antrim versus Leash, the loser of that goes back to Joe McDonough and that's the progress gone, you know, yeah. and, and, and and the same for Antrim because they're on a high and have had a great league, Connell. Like, it'll be equally, it'll be demoralising for either team to go back, you know, yeah. to where they were. And like, uh, today, a day after uh, a defeat or a couple of days after the defeat, is, is very difficult mentally to try and tu- tune in and, 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 and nearly forget about it to a degree because a beating like that is, is tough. It takes a couple of days to get, to get over yeah. it. Like, and then you're questioning, you know, why are we training all, all the time for this? Why are we you know, committing so much time to this when we go and get hammered like that and we don't perform? So the next couple of days are, are vital for both teams. And uh, look, they, obviously it's, it's, it's key, whoever wins this. And going down to the John McDonough, is, it'd be a disaster for either, either team. Um, yeah. But it's who, who's going to really come out and, and, and try and forget that, de- that the weekend as much as possible um, moving into this weekend because it's, it's huge for huge for it. Like. Yeah, we'll, we'll, nearly, nearly talk, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in a preview show. But in a way, Antrim might have got a bigger... Uh, kicking the arse in that they'd been moving so well and they were given a much better chance against uh, Dublin Connell like I mean how impressive were Dublin and how like I'm sure Antrim you know they'll be the ones scratching their head going god we didn't think even Darren Gleeson was interviewed afterwards and he was like we weren't anywhere near the level today Yeah I suppose Antrim coming out of the game would probably think we, we, we had a good enough league um, we were kind of not fav- not favoured to do something against Dublin but at least we were taught that it, it, we weren't just making up the numbers so yeah. now they can probably say to themselves well look we just didn't perform you know things didn't happen for us we didn't, we didn't bring the fight that we should have brought in other league games and let's just park that and bring it into the, to, to the weekend that's what I'm sure they're going to say and, and we can't have we won't have two bad uh, performances like that again but it, it, we know what happens against the good teams if we don't perform and if we don't bring that level of intensity which it, it just wasn't there against, against Dublin and um, what will happen if they don't bring that but yeah. on the other side of it Dub- look, Dublin were very good Dublin were really good and that's the best performance they've had all year by, by, by a, a country mile Um Look, it was solid. Uh, defensively, they were very good. Owen O'Donnell again was excellent. Liam Rush, centre back, was decent. Um, midfield was solid. And inside, they had uh, you know really reliant on Hayes um, and, and O'Sullivan, which were really good. Um, and Hayes is excellent once he gets the ball in his hand. He's a big man, big strong man, um, and he's a great option to just lump the ball into him. Um, so look, they, there's a lot of positives for Dublin going, going into the game against Galway. Um, albeit it'll be a big challenge. Um, against this Galway team Galway were very good in the league but um, I think it's for this Dublin team and, and I don't think Dublin ever fear playing Galway they, they love that, that um, the kind of rivalry that was there and they, they certainly would, um, wouldn't, wouldn't fear going down to any, wherever it is on the weekend I'm not even sure but playing, playing Galway and really having a good cut off them because that's what they'll enjoy Yeah it's in Port Leash it's a double header this weekend I was actually looking in to see about going to it there this morning so um, at 2 o'clock on Saturday we'll talk about that on Thursday anyways um, Maddie Kenny said um, it's good to get the scores but it's built on a solid defensive unit Damien and looking in from Dublin from the outside they do seem to have that solid defensive unit Yeah well we were talking about that he, put, he was putting Rush up full forward so, so he, he went back and it's put a rush back to centre back. And, and to be fair, as Conan said there, D- Dublin were, were good now the weekend, said so they were, and Antrim were flat. 
sort of, I was expecting more of Antrim, you know, just some momentum and, uh, and all that type of stuff. But uh, they, Antrim actually didn't play well, you know, and I don't want to be disrespectful to Antrim because, in fairness, they had a great league campaign and, you know, uh, Darren Gleeson has improved them. So you will, and that'll be a great game, actually, would you believe, Antrim uh, versus Leash. That'll be real championship uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. So it was uh, Dublin, Dublin, in fairness, played well. They've done the job. They would have voted at a very professional um, attitude. Um, Matty Kinney would would be in fairness, he'd have them well up for it. So he would, but I see it as the end of the road. Um, I don't see them going any further against uh, Galway. Uh, I think uh, they'll meet their match in uh, in Port Leash, and I think uh, that'll be the end of the road for uh, Dublin. Is is it fair? We'll talk about that on Thursday. But is it fair to say just to finish up the difference between league hurling and championship hurling? We know that. But this year especially, when the stronger teams are maybe experimenting a bit and Antrim are playing champion, league at championship level, you know, getting close to them, then it comes to the championship, they're blown out of the water by 20 points. Yeah, there's always a difference between league and championship and I think this year probably showed uh, more so, but uh, everyone's a little bit more tuned in. Uh, everyone's really focused in on championship from the start of the year. And the league is, you're maybe trying a few different things, but look, it's all about the championship and every team knows that. And I think probably Dublin did step it up on the weekend. Um but look, no disrespect to Antrim. Antrim did, just didn't turn up, you know. So I think um, to, to really read into it too much about Dublin, um, look, we would have expected a win against Antrim. We, we thought there could have been a banana skin coming into it because of Antrim's league performance. But if Dublin performed, which they did, uh, uh, we would have expected a win. So coming into the Galway game, Damien is fairly fairly sure that we have no chance. But I, w- I wouldn't be so sure, you know. Um, as I said, they won't fear Galway. They love playing Galway and having a cut off them because we always would have thought that Galway, you know, would be that bit confident and not arrogant, but it just bring. The, obviously, they've been in All Ireland and they've won All Ireland, but there's something about Dublin that we always feel that we we can get one over on Galway um, if they're not fully tuned in, and and we'll certainly bring the fight. There's no doubt about that. And and whether we have the hurling on the day, I, I don't know, but. Um, they won't be uh, left wanting anyway, that's for sure. Right, well, uh, we'll leave that there. We'll talk about the Clare match. I don't want the two of you going at each other here. We'll come back. Well, the only thing, Column, <laughs> Column, the, the only thing I'd say to Colin on that is I, I think Dublin had better hurlers, we'll just say, backed in, Colin, than you have now. I, I think you had a really good team that backed in under Dalo and the lads, and you had better hurlers. That's, that's why I just think the Galway team are way better than Dublin. But I think that you're, you're right. You, you always give us a good go of it, but you, you were a better team back then. Right, this is a review <laughs> show now. We're doing a preview <laughs> show on Thursday. We're coming back with Claire Waterford. <laughs> All right, so Claire won 22, Waterford 21. We mentioned at the start of the show that it was a four point hammering, and it was. John Conlon was interviewed after the game, and he said, We were primed for this. We really studied Waterford and I think we got everything right bar putting the scores on the scoreboard. And then Brian Lowen was interviewed and he said, we were very conscious of how good Waterford were at scoring goals. During most of the week, the focus was not to allow them get a goal early. And it didn't really give them any goal chances, uh, Connell. And for me, looking at it, is John Connellan and the fella uh, Fitzpatrick on the wing were dropping back. They were poking it down on them. Like, I mean, they targeted the Waterford full forward line. Now, what my critic, critic of, of Waterford would be, if that happened Limerick, Limerick would just put everything through the half forward yeah. line and they would draw them out. But Waterford continued to... Because Waterford were a bit like a one-trick pony, um, you know, because Hutchinson had been playing so well that it, they almost signposted their tactics and Clare 
Clare rattled them and Waterford didn't think on their feet by going, shit, this isn't working. Yeah, yeah I, I think they went four or five up with no score and they definitely were rattled. There's no doubt about that and the intensity that Clare brought to it. And I think they had a game, they, they must have had a, a, a plan B, but they just didn't seem to be able to implement it. You know, so many times you've seen, even a couple of times they actually ran out after for a puck out, they ran it over the line, like, you know, and hitting the ball down. It was nearly panic stuff. You just, just get rid of the ball and hope give it down to the lads and hope they do it. But that was just music to Clare's ears like the, sure when Conlon was sitting back you know it allowed all the, the Clare defenders to nearly attack then you know the, the ball that was coming in um, and look really what they should have been doing is, is looking up and seeing that Conlon was down there there's nothing really on okay so let's be patient and put it into the centre or put it across the side or hand pass it around and start running then like yeah. what they usually do and nearly what they did in the second half in the last maybe 10 minutes just do what they're good at and run at teams but Hitting the long ball in, sure, it was a dream for Conlon to be there and getting the, getting the ball like that. It was, it was definitely a dream. And the problem with them too, like, I mean, obviously another way of doing that if Clare dropping back a lot of players is long range shots. And we saw Stink Leeson get a good few. You know, Caleb Lyons is a great long uh, point taker, but he was in Mark and Tony Kelly. And I don't know, Damien, like, I mean, you're going through a half forward line. Their half forward line is Jack Fagan, who got cleaned out by Fitzpatrick, Peter Hogan and Jack Prendergast. It's not going to... that half hour line is not going to strike fear into a half back line you know you're making the decision very easy just to drop back and cover yeah and and Waterford had that game plan as well that Caleb Lyons was going to pick up Tony Kelly no matter where he went from the start and that was good that was good management from Clare as well that they said they'd throw Tony Kelly on the edge of the square from the start and like Callum Lyons wasn't the man for him because like in fairness he's an extremely attack minded player so he was so he was never going to play that role to the way that Waterford wanted but like a lot of the decision-making that Waterford did, as Conan just alluded to there, was driving the ball along down to Conlon. Conlon was just sweeping there. Like, how many times was his name mentioned in the first half in particular yeah. of sweeping ball and clearing? Like, Marty Morris, he was love mentioning his name. <laughs> you know, but, but also, with Conlon being back there, like, he drove ball up into the full four line. And you'd know the ball that he drove up, that he was a forward himself at times, that the ball that he was hitting in at angles into Shanahar and also Tony Kelly and the boys but he was a great great protection back there but when the lad sits back like that um, Colm you, you either have to go route 1 to 14 right and basically skip him go over the top or you have to go through the channels go through the lines which Limerick are brilliant at doing so it is but uh, I, the Waterford game plan just didn't work from the very very start So it is, and um, Claire just got stuck into them from the start and basically went on a roll so didn't and uh, the the water break, the first water break couldn't have come quick enough uh, so it couldn't for Waterford. I, I think uh, Connell a lot of the times when you're going into a game in good form, you know, Waterford were the favourites. They're coming off, you know, putting yeah. up a big score against Galloway. Now they lost that game but a good performance against Tip. Clare changed their game plan for them but Waterford came with the same game you know what I mean yeah. and and Clare were waiting for them like almost like an ambush tactically yeah yeah and uh, look a double whammy for Waterford was I think putting lines back on Kelly uh, and then when Kelly was obviously uh, full forward that meant that lines was full back so he couldn't uh, a, part, a huge part of the Waterford thing is, is the pace they bring from the half back line and lines was never making those runs you know, from the full back line so that was a double win for Clare yeah. where, where, they were, where they were getting away with that but then when they brought him out, Waterford were in the last maybe 15 minutes, they were getting back to the old Waterford that we knew. And look, it was nearly too late and the changes that obviously helped as well. But um, they just had the shackles off at that stage and, and, and trying to run at them. And that's what Waterford are good at. I, I can't believe 
that they went away from it so easily um, and were upset so easily. Um, because obviously Clare were going to bring something to the table to try and upset this kind of a game plan but they did it from the start and, and, and Waterford had no answer No, they had no answer at all Like I mean would you be critical of the Calum Lines last Thursday we all we all predicted Calum Lines would mark Tony Kelly but that was on the basis Damien that Tony Kelly would be roving all over the field and Calum Lines you know would give him something to think about the other way and all that like in Waterford's defence they're down prunty They've no real kind of big man back there. Connor Gleeson fives. Would Connor Gleeson and fives be able to match up with Tony Kelly and and Shanahan? You know, these Calum lines has a bit of size in there. In fairness to Waterford, like they've been riddled with injuries as well, which in Liam Cal's defence he never uses as an excuse. Yeah, I know. And in fairness, they were riddled with injuries, and and as you said, he didn't use it as an excuse. I think it was they're missing their seven or eight from last year's All Ireland team. But Lines is an attacking player. I, I and um Cohen just said it there. When Lines maybe come out the field a little bit in the we'll say the, the fourth quarter, the last 15, 20 minutes, that's when Waterford got back into the game. Yeah. And like when that's that is a management thing. When Tony Kelly and the Clare management just decided that you're more than likely going to be man marked by this guy, we're going to put you at the edge of the square, that's when Waterford management had to make a decision and go, geez, lads, he's not going to work there. And it should, when it didn't work after the first ten minutes or even the first water break. That was the time they should have made a change and put someone stronger in on Tony Kelly. Like, you know, as I just said, the players can only do so much. The players can only do so much on the field, but the management have to help them off the field. And and that's that's what the management team is there for. But it didn't work. Uh, on the edge of the square, you need a strong net. Like, you know, if someone strong is able to compete under a high ball in particular, and you're after mentioning a couple of lads there that would have been would have done a better job, I think, and lines playing in the role that he loves playing, where he's sold up the field. And getting on to breaking balls and 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 he's able to score points for long distance, long range. But I I just think Water is a complete off day. I think their their choice of players weren't good enough either. And I think the players they brought in, especially in the second half, uh, helped them and added to the team. And that's why they came back uh, into the game. Yeah, they definitely did. Kieran Bennett, Patrick Curran, Neil Montgomery, Mikey Carney all scored when they came on. They gave them a bit of they gave them a bit of energy, Colin. But it has to be pointed out, Waterford are missing. Uh Stephen O'Keefe, uh, uh Mahoney, uh Torek Mahoney, De Burka, Barron and Prunty. Five yeah. all stars. Like, I mean, I'm tr- trying to think how strong Waterford would be when they have everybody back on. Like I, it does have to be put into context how weakened Waterford were yesterday. Now they were off form as well, and I think they were tactically outthought. Yeah, but you know, it's it's not many counties able to deal with no, five all stars. Yeah. No, if you took five of the main players out of any team, they'd struggle definitely. Yeah. But it doesn't excuse the fact that obviously tactical, tactically they 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 probably were beaten on the day. But ultimately, they it, it, every team that goes out doesn't, regardless of the players, have to work really hard, and they just didn't they didn't work hard enough. Um, in comparison to Clare, Clare were all over them, you know, any time, and, and that's just showed any time they were getting any bit of a win at all, they were they were right in their faces and Waterford just accepting it, you know, usually would have thought over the years that Waterford would bring this kind of, you know, work rate and, and you know, fist pumping and everything, but it just wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't happening for Waterford, it was just one of those days that it, it, the harder they tried, the worse it got, until they nearly changed the team a little bit and just went at it, and then all of a sudden things started happening for them. Yeah. Now you can say that Clare maybe died a little bit, but I think it was more that Waterford we're really going back to what they're good at. Yeah, like uh, I suppose the Kelly. And Column, Column, just don't underestimate the loss of De Borca and Jamie Barron, right? And even um, O'Mahony. Them three have been three warriors for Watford yeah. in the last six, seven, eight years. 
right? But if, if we just left O'Mahony overs, right? Because in fairness, Waterford have a good free take, right? J- Jamie Barron and Tyg De Borca, right? They're, them two cannot be replaced, without question. Like the the movement, the running game, the energy that um, um, Barron brings. The, the the Baron brings to that Waterford team is unbelievable. So they they were two unbelievable losses like this. But just it didn't go well for Waterford on the game. But them them two players cannot be replaced. No, and Prunty was a huge loss then too from that full back line, you know. And that has a knock on effect on on Caleb Lyons maybe having to go in there. But like the Tony Kelly thing was a funny one. Connell is in this shouldn't have been a huge surprise. He did he played here against Lim there against Limerick last year in the first round of the championship. I remember he was into full far lane and he ran a muck. Yeah. You know, so I suppose it's, none of us talked about it last Thursday, so it's easy to say it now, but I presume inter-county management have to cover every base and say, Caelan, you're marking him. Now, there is a chance going off last year's form he could go in there. I presume they would have discussed I know, it. I think they would have, and they probably would have been happy enough for Lyons to, to, maybe, do, that. to do that first. Maybe It would have been said that, listen, Kelly's probably going to go everywhere. He may go full forward for five or ten minutes, but he's going to come out again. So you just stick with him. If he's in there for five, yeah. just stick with him. They didn't actually think that he's going to stay in there because that's a, like, that hasn't happened in a long, long time for a player just leave Kelly in there and he's not roaming around, picking up ball from everywhere. Um, so that was probably new enough. And look, they probably should have made a change a little bit earlier, but... It's, it's, I suppose there was there was so many problems nearly all over the field for 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 Waterford that stage. It's very hard sometimes on the management to be fair to the management to make that decision. But ultimately, it 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 was a it was a it was a it was a problem for Waterford not having the platform in the half back line that they would have had. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair old uh, partnership in there all the same, isn't it, Damien Shanahan and Tony Kelly? Now you'd like to see them link up more. I think Tony got one ball in the second at one point in the second half which was mm. a knockdown from Shanahan but Jesus they're a, they're a serious uh, handful the two of them yeah oh, Shanahan's a big man so he's and, he, and he's fierce athletic so he's you know and I know I felt sorry for him because he worked fierce hard yesterday he's fierce honest so he's and he just didn't get the scores like this but like I always think of the goal he scored against Galway a couple of years ago in Crow Park like this but I think if Clare stick with him and they will stick with him I think he's only going to get better I really mean that, and then, and I think if they persist with him and he get the ball, and what I would say to him is, if he was listening, every time he gets the ball, I would be taking on the man. I, I think it'd be a handful. They'd have to take him down. Like this, sometimes it's too easy of an option to rise the ball and turn to one side and maybe go for a score. But for the link up himself and Tony Kelly linked up with a ball there yesterday, where the ball he just sticks it up to Tony. Like what happens there is there's an understanding column, right? And Shanahan knows his limits. Like this. And Lohan would have told him that, lads, if Tony's running off the ball, would he just pop it him? And Kelly's a finisher. You know, Kelly is a complete and out finisher. And he roars the ball. The lads are giving him the ball. But them two lads are a handful inside. And uh, they'll cause lots of problems for Tip. Uh, so that, which Shanner is an edge of the square box player. Drive the ball in long term. He will at least put up the hand. If he doesn't catch it, it's going to break. And that's where you see Kelly come down to the breaks. Uh, so, you do. so, yeah, they didn't buy his... Um, could cause huge problems for any team. And do you know what was really, actually really impressive with Shannon? He was excellent all day, really good. I can't believe he didn't score, but he, he got the ball maybe with, I think, maybe five or seven minutes to go and was running in on goal and probably should have been selfish enough to have the strike himself and to go for a point or even probably a goal. And yeah. he went for the hand pass. Like, if, if I know if that was me and I hadn't scored and I was going in and goal, I'm not passing to anyone. Like, I'm going to have the shot. But that just shows that he's, he's honest. He wants to do the best thing for the team. And look, he probably should have had the shot, but that would have been game, game over and out of sight then if, for, if they got that goal. But he didn't. He tried to give it to the, to the lad outside him um, and look, it didn't work out and obviously, but 
he's a he's an incredible uh, option to have inside. Like he's unbelievable in the air, really strong, athletic, and bringing O'Donnell maybe back into this into this forward line as oh, well. Yeah, he's back. He should so, be back. Yeah, that'll be great. I I just wonder will 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 they mix it up again tactically wise this weekend? Will they let Tony kind of go out and come in? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Brian does now. Isn't it mad what one good win can do? for a team and even your perception of a team now I'm looking at Clare and I'm going geez Connor Cleary is solid full back Hayes is a hardy bit of stuff he's as fast and he's a he's, yeah. he's a bit of you know there's a bit of bite in that lad now and then you have Ryan Conlon and I never saw Paddy Fitzpatrick before I mean what's got like the shoulders no. on him like I mean but even I'd oh, say he's humped he's humped yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is but what I like again, he's humped just, you, you, you know he, he um Brian Lohan, like the position is between himself and and um, McInerney, McInerney, right? And like it seems like the two of them are hopping off each other to get that position. And what does Lohan do? He t- he takes him off and puts in McInerney after fifty minutes. He's keeping that all fresh. So, it's, but the one thing about Lohan, and I know this from Sean Tracy as well, right? He was my own club man. It's the best fifteen that go on the field. Whoever's playing the best or whoever's put in the most effort. But momentum is a great thing, Colm. That's after giving them clear lads a woeful boost. And without going over the top, Lohan can now hammer them with a the stick and say, lads, we need to be more clinical. We, and then also say, lads, we fell asleep for 15 minutes. He has something to hit them with a stick with to get them going for the next day. So it's, And he's old school, but they tell me he's a very, very good man and manager. Really, right. really good. So he has, And he's good. If you watch that clear backroom team, they're all good lads. They're all honest fellas as well. And... Do you know what? For a team that lads were saying clear of nothing, they aren't so bad. No. If they get on top of tip, uh, they could end up in a Munster Championship final. You, like you, you continue on there now. They've Cahill Malone, who's an owl warrior, you know, uh, the, the owl dog for the hard road, and Colm Galvin, the, the lovely mm. hurler beside him. There's a lovely balance there in midfield. Aidan McCarthy's outstanding uh, uh, in uh, wing forward. Ireland, Ireland's right. fittest family. He's he's from he's he's from that age. and then you have like Aaron Shanner, Tony Kelly. You'll have Shane O'Donnell back. I'd leave that full forward line nearly like that, Connell. Would you? Like I mean, and Jesus, there's a lot. Not many teams are going to be looking at that. Going McCarthy, um, Taylor on the wing yeah. was. I didn't really see that side of him. You know, a real battling kind of side to him. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, look as you said. It's it's funny how one game can change the whole dynamic of of what we're thinking of a team. But I suppose Brian Lone know, knows what he has, and he knows how good these lads are for the last number of years. So it's just about getting the most out of them. And I think uh, in the in the weekend they brought everything that they that they had. Um, all these this doubt that they might have people might have been putting on this panel um, is, is certainly gone now and um, I think they've a great they've a he, he, massive chance against Tipperary in the weekend like coming in cold into into a big game after Clare having a performance like that I, don't, I think the seven days thing won't really come into it once they don't have any major injuries they certainly won't be tired uh, after, no. after, after, after that uh, game the weekend um, they'll be well rested and I think if, if Lowen as Damien says can just say listen we would have, should have been out of sight here. So look, you know, maybe not have the shots that we're talking about, you know, from the sidelines. Let's let's go over to the percentages. Let's give the ball to the right lads at, and at the right times and have the proper shots. And um, it'll be it'll be a different story from from uh, having the twenty two or so wides. Yeah, no, it definitely will. Um, Liam Cal just to finish up. He said that was one of the or that was the flattest performance of my reign here. Bitterly disappointed. Can't really put my finger on it to be honest. Damien, and we've all been in situations like that where there's just been a very flat performance. I remember specifically with Waterford losing to Ian in a league final 
and it being a very, very bad performance by Waterford and they were being written off that came out and they destroyed Clare the week after. Do you remember Milan celebrating yeah. to the crowd after a minute or two? 2000, two 2004. 2004. But isn't that it? Like, what? I don't think this is the end of Waterford. I think that was a very off-colour performance and Liam Cal's too good of a manager and Waterford are too good of a team with Prunty and Barron back, you know, to be, to be writing them off. Would you just put this down as a, a bad day at the office? Yeah, I put I put down as a bad day in the office, but I put also down that they were beaten by a better team. Yeah, a, te- a team that were just more up for it and absolutely driven to win a first championship match uh, for Clare in numerous amount of years. So I do, and I I think maybe the management could have got a couple of lineups wrong like this. Collectively, did they take it on board? But no, I wouldn't see this to finish them now. I don't think they're going to win in on Ireland. Just being straight off with you, but I don't think it's the end of their their championship. They'd probably be looking. Uh, hopefully to get a variable. Uh, I think they'll build on it and I think there'll be um, a couple of home truths spoken about but uh, I think uh, Waterford will be okay. Yeah, okay. Right, we'll leave it there lads. We'll come back with performance of the weekend. Okay, so performance of the weekend and the first nomination is obviously Tony Kelly. Um, there's not much more we can say about Tony Kelly. He got one twelve five from play. Um, he could have had a few more. The one point I wanted to talk about, lads, is his first point because I've never seen anything like that. Ta- Connell, t- talk about how difficult that was. That was a clearance from the far 45. Came so far in the air that he didn't catch it. He took it on his hurl and it bounced from his hurl to his hand yeah. and his back was to the goals. Yeah. And he, he, t- he hit that ball with his back to goal over the bar. Like, actually break that down second by second. How many skills that not many players can do, did, you know, did, did he actually execute there? Yeah, incredible. Like, incredible. And it made it look so easy and like so it was natural. normal, yeah. yeah. Um, where, where do you start breaking it down? Like, he, like, obviously, he knew that ball was going to be coming in. So, Callum Lyons is obviously at him. You know, he's obviously touched tight to him. So when does he make that run? You know, and I seen it. You seen it yesterday in Sunday game. Some of the different angles that the cameras show, and you can see some of the runs. Even that Aaron Shannon was making. You always have to make the run. Your first run is away from where you want the ball. So you have to go left or right or in behind or whatever it is, or else you're pushing off your marker to give you that extra uh, couple of yards. And he, we didn't see what he did, but he obviously did something to get out in front. He knew the ball was coming, and then to be able to watch the ball in flight and to and to get. Why it, didn't he catch it? What, like how hard is that to, to actually? Well, I tell get you, it, it's easy to catch a ball, say from from your shoulder height it's, up. It was too low. Okay, it, it's difficult to catch that ball where it's maybe coming at you, maybe around your chest or a little bit lower than your chest, around your waist. It's it's a hard one to catch. Do you, do you put the hand up over or do you go under? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it can pop out very easy. Or do you take it in the chest? Do you take it in the chest? It's it's a little bit harder to get it back out and to get the score. So you're giving your man a little bit of a chance to get it right up behind you. But the touch that he like. Okay, a lot of lads would have been able to, to stop that with the hurl, but the ball would have been bouncing anywhere, left, right, up and down. But the way he kind of nearly killed it and it just popped up straight into his hand. Did he, kill it? Did he kill it with the two hands on the hurl? Because he was able to kill it and get his hand up fast enough to catch it before it bounced up too far. Do you get me? Like how, like, it, it, I'm just looking at that going, Jesus, what he's after doing there is is incredibly hard. Yeah, well, he took a lot of the pace off it, obviously. you know, With so the two hands on the with hurl. With the two hands on the yeah. hurl, yeah. Very difficult thing to do, running up at a pace at the ball when it's coming to you, like yeah. head on. But, uh, and then to control it, okay, and to turn, nine times a ten, I would have said, well, he's going to turn on his left. So you'll be nearly edging towards that side. But he didn't even bother looking. He knew exactly where he was to put it over the shoulder. And not just just about go over. It went straight over the black spot if you look at it on the replay again. Look, 
I think we've, we've said it so many times, he's ex- exceptional hurler, really, really good. And to have a lad that, like that on your team, it's just it just takes so much pressure off and gives everyone so much confidence that you give him the ball, it's nearly a score. Even the freeze that he's getting. I know he missed a couple, but it's, it, it's such a confidence booster for, for a team to have a lad like that in, in, your, in, your, in your squad and to know that he's always performing, he's always doing the best thing and he's always getting scores and great goals. Yeah. Dude, like this is the thing, Damien. Like, would I be going over the top by saying that's one of the best points ever scored? in hurling when you break the whole thing down and you're talking about a, this is a player who's usually more comfortable running at the goals and you know flicking them over on the run that was a proper full forward score and the skills that were involved and then as, as Connell says to go to his right you know almost instead yeah. of his left Yeah look it was a brilliant score there's no point saying it wasn't but that score um, Colm comes from wall balls the alleys and the gable end of your house First touch, practicing, striking, sharpness. And when you go to alleys and the wall balls, there's different balls column out there that when you hit them, the, the ball heats up. And that's how you get sharp and snappy and fast. And he's teaching down in Flannans. They have alleys down there. So they do in Innes here like this. And uh, to do that, the level of skill that he did there to break the ball, to be able to catch it again, a quick and swivel off his right and throw it over the bar like this. Like that's a man at the top of his game that's doing all them skills. And, I, and I've said it before about the wall balls and alleys. I don't think they could be underestimated on what to do for skill levels. But it was an absolutely brilliant score. It's a sign of a player that's at the top of his game. But that's all done, Colm, from the wall balls and alleys. You can do as much as you want inside in the fields so you can do first touch drills. But that's where you learn it. It's, it's complete match sharpness, first touch, uh, crisp. That, that's 100%. And, that, and that's where all that came from. Me and Damien spoke a lot last year, Connell, while you were still hurling at that stage about uh, wall ball. Were you a wall ball man? Uh, or is that more of a country thing? No, no. It's just hard to get wall balls in Dublin. in Dublin. Like I know in the last couple of years they have been popping up in clubs, but now they're so busy with kids in them, it's very hard to get you that time to do it. Right, yeah. Um, but I would have, yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, Damien. When you're going to maybe do a talk with kids or whatever, you always stress that it's what you do away from the game is the most important thing. It's not when you go train and picking up your hurl on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It's what you do after that. So do you go poking around in your spare time with your friends, having the hurling ball in your hand all the time? Like, there's no excuse if you're going to the shop. You would always say, "Bring a hurling ball with you," because there's going to be somewhere where you can have a shot of, or you know, little targets on the walls. You might want to, you know, hit the gable end of a house or hit the side of the wall of a shop or whatever it is, and make games of it. And I think that just shows yeah, Tony is, as Damien said, the top of his game. He's done serious amount of of hours and hours and hours of of poking on his own or or, or perfecting that skill. That and, and every intercounty player nearly does it. You know, you, I don't think you can get to the top level without the, the hours of practice that you need. Yeah, there's no doubt, there's no doubt about that. John Conlon as well, another obvious one, uh, Damien. Like the block on Stephen Bennett at the end was almost the most impressive thing he did all day because like he was interviewed afterwards and he said, I played there once before for the club. I have been a forward all my life. And he was kind of smiling as he didn't give you the impression that he was too enamoured with the change when Brian, uh, uh, no one asked him to do it. He gave me the impression he, he would like to have stayed in the forwards. But even the switch mentally to turn into that warrior centre back where you're throwing yeah. yourself, you know, in front of the ball, that was almost like that's his initiation over now. He's a defender. Yeah, it's a new lease of life to him. So it is, you know, and I, I think it's after renewing him so with, with great energy as well. Like this, and, and Colin, there's a simple saying a good hurler can hurl anywhere. And that is the truth. A good hurler can hurl absolutely anywhere. Brian Whelan 
playing wing back all his life, and actually ends up full forward in All Ireland hurling final and gets man in the match. So he does, you know, Ken McGrath, centre back, midfield, centre forward. It, it doesn't matter. John Conlon now going from the forward back to centre. A good hurler can hurl anywhere. Makes no excuses. He, I'd say he'd be, he, I reckon he's actually a lot more comfortable facing the ball now and with this new rule and delivering in lovely ball in towards his forwards that he used to love getting. Do you know? So it's a big difference facing the balls and, and seeing the goals and having your back to the goals and trying to win balls, just like we'll say, for example, the Tony Kelly did. But I, I think it's I think it's after rejuvenating him. So it is, and it's after giving him a new lease of life. And a good hurler can hurl anywhere. And I'd say he'll do anything. If, if Lowen asked him to play back quarterback, he would. They're, they're 70 minutes away from getting to a Munster final. You never know what can happen. Yeah, exactly. You played in the half-back line too, did you, Connell? Obviously, well, you were yeah. more of a forward, but you, yeah, you did play in the backs. Yeah, I was more of a forward. I started kind of centre-back and uh, young, uh, youngster, youngster, and then kind of was midfield. Then I was in the forwards for a lot of it. And look, as you get older, it's definitely easier to be in the forwards because you can decide when you want to have a break or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I do agree with Damon. I think a, a good hurler will play anywhere. Um, and I think... Brian Lone would have sold this to him in a way that you're going to be playing in this kind of a pocket in a free kind of a role yeah. where you're not going to get exposed you're not going to be uh, we're going to have lads around you that are going to do a lot of the running for you all I need you to is, is read the game and, and keep it tight at the back and deliver a good ball in and like that's that's easy for uh, for any good uh, hurler to do um, and, and John Connell is, is it, took him a, it took him a couple of games in the league maybe to get used to it but he was uh, superb there the weekend he, he was everywhere that he needed to be and did all the right things and okay um, he, he, I think he had a shot on a wide but he learned from that and he gave great ball in the ball he, he gave for that was what it was 80-90 yards straight into, into Shannon's yeah. hand was, uh, was incredible and he's it's exactly no e- what you want he's no ego either though because like as a forward coming back to centre back knowing you're in a lot of space like you'd say like Dermot Ryan shoots more than he does you yeah. know in the right half back where Conlon you'd imagine Jesus like he's well able to score he's an all-star scorer and yeah. he's not bothered he'd just rather give it in wouldn't you love like I mean Damien I know your answer to this you'd absolutely love that you hate those with those halfbacks driving wides well as a simple saying it's great when they go over but when they don't go over uh, you, you, you'll be throwing a lot of F's out the field at them so you would tell them to hit the ball hitting the ball in uh, so it can get very frustrating for a, a corner forward full forward when you see your wing back and next thing what will happen Colm and I'd say all three visits it happened to in time but you're getting no ball in you're your half backs driving long range wide the next thing the corner forward gets taken off like <laughs> he's at nothing in there so he's not <laughs> that's the oldest one but, in the book but no look at I think he's a good lad I think he's great attitude right he will get an opportunity to take a score or two. He was playing the sweeper system. Uh, the long ball uh, to Shannon at that time was just like he looked up and he absolutely drove it. So he did, and Shannon then uh, caught it like this. But um, look, even though it's it's an area I would, I reckon that Liam Sheedy and Aim O'Shea will try to expose against Clare in that class. I reckon they'll try to expose Conlon uh, from centre back, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if someone like John McGrath is playing centre forward the next day and it'll be basically hit it in front of the likes of John McGrath etc uh, Bubbles O'Dwyer whatever and bring um, Conlon all over the park left and right where he's not used to doing the, the running and taking score I, I reckon they'll try to identify this as a weakness Yeah they definitely would we thought Waterford might actually actually try to identify that as a weakness but he didn't what about Rory Hayes uh, Connell like I mean geez, he's, for me he's a great little bit of stuff Yeah really uh 
really good and 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 when he brings that brings that fight that that you, that yeah. you need. Hutchinson you know? never got a puck of it. Didn't now I know they sniff. worked as a team probably, but like I mean, he yeah, still look, had the, to mark him. The ball wasn't great going in, but I think he, he did get the ball a couple of times and he was just totally taken out of it by him. Um, and, and that's what you need as a cornerback. You need a kind of a dog in there that's that's going to do what a, a job. Give him a job, he'll do it. And he did it uh, on Hutchinson on the weekend. And it's not easy to mark a fella that has a serious pace like Hutchinson, but he. The other side of it is, look, the ball wasn't going in in any way, shape or form decent. You know, you'd, you'd like to think that for a fellow like Cushion, give, give him the ball in space and let him run at it. But it, 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 they just didn't do it for yeah. him. And, and that was that was a dream for, 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 for the defenders. Um, but look, really good. Um, he'll have a tough day the next day as well. You know, I don't think he'll have it easy as, as easy, but um, on, on last weekend's performance, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, definitely. It was a team effort. I, w- I was saying on Twitter yesterday, Damien, about uh, Hayes and Shanahan with the goading and someone replied back to me they're two townies that's what you'd expect from them they're both club mates in Shannon am I right? Yeah they are <laughs> I don't know like, yeah. <laughs> yeah you get you get that from townies you wouldn't get that you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that from the country boys that, that never happened out in Port Sunday so it didn't <laughs> I, look at I, I, I see there's no harm at all uh, what's called Tim Ladd probably got lots of it in their day and as I said it was pure Brian Lowe and had them absolutely driven and he had them motivated to the last. So he had, and as I said, it was a big team to try to get a win. First round of championship down here in Clare. And it just showed them lads were up for it, you know. So um, oh, that's been going on for years, uh, Colin, this jumping up into lads' face and roaring on. It's, it, it, as I just say, it all depends on who does it. Some lads do it and just because a certain, whoever he is, it's not, uh, it's not brought up in conversation or topic. But when other lads do it, it's brought up, so sometimes it's a blind eye thrown to many places. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, accept, I'll accept that. Here, the last one... Keep, um, keep an eye keep an eye on it, and I bet you'll see it more in games. Keep an eye on <laughs> it. There's definitely like players that will th- think about who they're playing on the weekend and think, right, that's a couple of things now I need to say to this lad to see how it will upset him or not, because they'd be taking notes of this, there's no doubt. Cause was, it, was, was Shefflin not known for talking to the referee an awful lot? Yeah, he was, yeah, definitely. Well, he... He but was that wasn't ever talked about too much, was no, it? No, because you, you couldn't really say it was much. King Henry, yeah, yeah. It was King Henry, you couldn't really say much. And it was certain referees that were li- definitely listened to him. There's no doubt about that. And Cody was the same. You know, he, he, he'd bark at certain referees and hope to get the hope to get the decisions. But I think that kind of golden and, and what do they call it now? Sledging? Like, Sledging, yeah. That's been going on years. Like, and More in football than hurling, though. I mean, well, you know, Matt, but only for the casual observer, you wouldn't see it as much in hurling no, as football. No, I think football. it's, it's exactly the same, except right. you, you don't see it as much because of the helmets. But yeah, there's, defi- there's definitely talk between players, 100%. And you'll say whatever you want, have to say to, to put a lad off. And Damien knows as well as anyone uh, that that goes on. Right. So it's the helmet, sa- it's the mouth guard saving you from this sledging, Damien. Oh, so you could take, you could take a shot, Colin, years ago. You could take a shot, and next thing you go wide, and you'd be running back into your corner, and your car back into the chase. That was an awful. But just don't don't get it wrong, Colm. Hi, it's been going on for years. So this thing of uh, um, have it been brought up? Keep just keep an eye on the championship. Should Wexford do it? And like, there's I don't see any major issue uh, issue with it. I have more issue with a lad pulling across the lad's hands when he's striking the ball. And, and and I've said this to you before, Colm, picture how far away the ball is when you're striking the ball and a lad come down on a block down and slapping straight in the hands. I have an issue with that now. You're a long way away from the ball. Yeah, yeah, it's more dangerous. The one thing, whatever about the cornerback saying that was a bad miss, 
that's playful stuff. It's the kind of jeering and the goading does isn't a good look, Connell. Do you, do you, do you see the kind, you know the kind of difference? Like I mean, except the playful, you know, smart arse kind of stuff. But the yeah. goading is something different, is it? Well, where where's the line there, like? I, I, look, there is a line that a lot of people don't, shouldn't be crossing in, in relation to other things, but uh, I'm not sure. Like, uh, you, you'll do it, you'll say what you can, you know, within the bounds. Like, with that, uh, but if if someone's after, like, if I was marking Damien and he missed it, I'd be like, "Jeez, I can't believe you're still on here." Like, you know, and they're not taking you off. Look at the, there's lads warming up here. You know, next and he hits another wide, and happy days, he's coming back in again to me. You know, so. I think that's happening all the time and it's happening at club level as well as even junior level sure it happens it happens everywhere so probably you don't see it as much in, in hurling but uh, I think it's part of it it's a bit of, it, there's an element of an, an early enjoyment in part of it like to try and you know to get one up on them mentally before before and the best thing is ever when someone starts slagging you and you actually get the ball and you score and now you're going back into my going, going into this lad now. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a nice feeling. Yeah, when you're it is, yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen too often, but yeah. If the odd time you do get to shut him up, yeah. Um, I'll throw these t- last two to you. Uh, Neil McManus, obviously outstanding, scored six from six from play, a lot of long-range scores. Uh, Danny Sutcliffe and Chris Crummy. Because Chris Crummy's much maligned, you know, what, what are they doing with him? Half forward, Danny Sutcliffe. Ev- any team wanted Danny Sutcliffe. I'm a huge fan of Danny Sutcliffe. Danny Sutcliffe is at the level where he took on Tommy Walsh in his prime and was well able for him. And I always respect the man that was well yep. able for Tommy Walsh. He's, he, uh, think uh, Jackie Terrell said he caught five clean puckouts. Yep. Like, that's a great return. Three points from play. Chris Crummy the same. Three points from play. A lot of teams would do anything for two half forwards like that, Connell. Yeah, look, I think uh, the half forward line is... is is one of the strongest lines that, that, that Dublin have and they were excellent the weekend with, with Burke as well centre forward you know he, he roams around and, and is able to pick up those scores from everywhere but look having a go-to of, of hitting the ball to Danny or hitting it to Crummy like they're huge men like they're big men they're well well, well able to uh, dish it out and, and to be able to get their hand up and, and win uh, primary possession and that's a huge part of the game now if you, if you have lads that can do that well let's go and do it uh, they'll definitely be targeting that uh, on the weekend again. Like I know when we played Galway before in, in Parnell Park, that was a massive part of, of it. You know, we were trying to drag them out, the half-back line out, and let's go one-on-one because we know we're better than them in the air. So let's try and rule the skies if we can. Right. Uh, and they'll try and do it again. Look, Galway will obviously have some kind of a plan for maybe Danny or, or Crummy, but I think every, uh, all those kind of plans... Uh, are, are difficult when you actually come to try and implement it because it's very difficult because let's say Crummy like he, he's six foot two or so really really strong like an octopus like he's very hard to actually get at and same with Danny he's, he's really fast he's able to get around he, he, he's not going to be standing under the ball for puckouts he's moving nearly all the time and he, he obviously showed in the weekend he, he, can, he can catch in either hand so it's very difficult if you're marking him to know okay well I, I'll say on this the left side of him if he's, if he's putting up his but left does hand Does he catch in both hands? He, he's able to do it like, Is yeah, that he, unusual? It is a little bit unusual yeah now whether Danny does it the right all the time but um, is it the right thing to do I'm not sure but he's get, definitely getting away with it and he's been doing that a long time swapping hands um, and look it, he uses it to his advantage um, which is great but uh, look I think any time you have a big half forward line it's it's a great option to have rather than going short and uh, to, to a full back line that not maybe really sure if they really want it or not you know Right Did you notice he did that before uh, Damien swapping hands because we know obviously well, I know from doing this show, not from ever playing, is that a left a left handed uh, hurler is much harder to to feel beside. I presume if a man's able to catch in both, he'd he'd be throwing you off altogether. Yeah, I've seen him doing it. I have seen him doing that. Um, you know, and it's like and if you're able to catch it outside, if your the defender goes the other way, you can swap your hurl and catch it. So yeah, I have seen him doing it. Yeah, so I have, and 
Um, yeah, he's a good player to use, yeah. Yeah, I'll keep my eye out for that. That's definitely not something I'd, no- I'd, I'd notice. Right, that's it, lads. Performance of the weekend has to go to Tony Kelly. I think it's his about 50 at award at this stage, so I don't, he doesn't really get anything for it, only the, the fact that he just wins it every time. Like He's just a phenomenal player to be able to do what he can do out the field and to be able to do what he can do in the field and look like a total like you know, player of his generation in both positions. Uh, it's phenomenal. Right, performance of the weekend, Tony Kelly. That's it for this Monday. We'll be back on Thursday and we'll preview all the big games at the weekend, the two Munster semi-finals and the two Leinster semi-finals. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> he was massive. Legs, ass, spit. But I burst out laughing about <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 